miracle that's going to appear to you um, like a bolt of lightning or something like, whoa, he has a miracle coming. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. The chances are it's not going to happen. Just thought I'd encourage you with that. It was a, you know, it was a, as, as we would say, it was a Saturday afternoon. Everybody was sleeping and this woman came to the well. She was a woman who had a few husbands. She was uh, obviously had some trouble with relationships, unlike anyone here. And uh, she wanted to get out of the house, and she also wanted to get some water. And they didn't have taps in those days, so guess who went to fetch the water? It wasn't the guy. Men don't do that. She goes to the w- in the middle of the day because she's she's got some kind of reputation. Are you this woman, or are you doing some play? What are you doing? Here? Still in your pajamas? Sorry to wake you, man. You can get a seat and come and stand up here because we're going to make, we're going to listen. You can get one of these seats. You want a black seat for a black man? Okay. Black is beautiful, man. You knock me about my tan, I'm going to knock yeah, you yours. I couldn't. I don't, I don't forgive as easily as we, we might think. We, we, we couldn't find any white chairs. You have to stand. That's all right, man. I'm sorry. That's all right. That's all right. We'll, get, we'll get Fred to spray paint some of them. Amen. Anyway, so you don't look like the woman at the well, but never mind. Maybe Jesus. Um, and uh, Lefty's got this thing of coming up with an idea, and then I have to do it. This is not working well. You came here to help me. Um, and this woman, this, this woman comes to the well with all these issues. I mean, if you've had six husbands, I'm not judging her, but she does have some issues, and probably they do as well, right? You would think. She's probably only 25. She's not going to be old because they die young anyway. So the whole thing is set up for she's got some issues. And I'm saying that in in great compassion, actually, because you see, the more I see Jesus help people with issues, the more I'm encouraged because I got a few. Actually, I had. I'm almost whole now. And and Jesus was at this well. Do you know that I read the story again this morning and I realized Jesus never actually got that drink he was asking for? He never even got the drink because he got into this conversation. She ran away and came back with half the village. And I guess he just, well, well. Or maybe she was giving it to him as she was talking to him. Anyway, the point of this thing is, this woman came to get water and she ended up in a conversation with a stranger who happened to be the son of God. I mean, how many of you, when you're feeling super spiritual or you sort of, you know, would go, well, if I had been there, and I'd been at that well, and I had the opportunity to meet with Jesus, I would have just said, yes, Jesus, please be my Savior. Or how many of you and me would not even know? And what is true then is true now. And he, Jesus said to her, woman, if you knew who it was that is asking for you for a drink, you would ask, Streams, drink, a drink that will never end, streams of living water. What he did then was lead her in to be able to ask for that. What I'm saying, what our theme is this morning, is if you knew where God was and what he's saying to, into your life right now, the gift that he's offering you, it will look as mundane as a man on a chair. It will look like nothing you expect has anything in it and I promise you it's within it's within your grasp right now every single person here because God has no favorites so guess what it's always a treasure hunt 
That's why he says, seek, ask, knock. Look, engage. And that which looks ordinary will come into be an extraordinary thing. And we, we're going to use some of Lefty's experience as a metaphor. But I just want to honor uh, Lefty and that some of the stuff we talked through actually this week. And he got quite churned up. He said, oh, I thought I'd work that out. And I'm, what I'm trying to say, and I just want to say it really clearly, is we're going to have probably a lot of fun. But underneath that fun is a great deal of honor for this man. And some of the story he's telling comes from a very, very hard place. And so just honor that, but we are actually honoring the victory of Jesus so we can take the sting out of that. So we can have fun because Jesus has actually set him free. Amen. All right? Amen. But in the telling of the story, there's some, there's, there's some things that I hope will encourage all of us because we all have issues. We all have struggles. We all have stuff that isn't what we want it to be. So where do we go from here? Do you want to... Do I Martin, come up you're doing to good. You now? Yeah, yeah, you doing so good. So Lefty is now you nine years old, right? Yeah. So what we're doing is, have you got a ball here? Got a basketball? You forgot about that, didn't you? No, it's in. Uh, you forgot that, didn't you? Yeah, I forgot. It's you in the forgot. closet. Can you can Did you go in the closet in the gym? Basketball. It's a it's a the the soft one. It's a soft one. It's in the closet. Yeah. Whoa! Look at that, man. <laughs> Nice move there, Floppy. <laughs> All right. So, Lefty's nine years old. Where do you live? I live in Jersey City, New Jersey. I'm living on a street called Gardner Avenue, 68 Gardner. And what's life like for you as a nine-year-old? Loving home, nice fire when you go home, lots of food, peace uh, on earth? No. It's, um, it's pretty dysfunctional. It's... Uh, it's dysfunctional. It's a it's a it's a it's a mother who's struggling to pay the bills. Um, have some public assistance. Uh, it's a struggling to raise seven other kids, and quite often you're padlocked out, looking for another place to go. You're padlocked out. Yeah, sheriff right. sheriff office comes and there's a notice and there's a padlock because you can't pay the rent. rent. Yeah. And and where's where's the father? Um, Just keep it there for a minute. He's either, he's either, uh, he's either, he's either in the state of North Carolina where he's remarried to another woman without giving my mom a divorce, or he's back and forth in her life, or he's in the project somewhere getting drunk or getting high off heroin. So, did you see your father much? Not in the beginning. But around that time was the time when he started to come back into my life, come back home. Was that good news? You would think it is, but it, it wasn't because um, with that came physical and mental abuse. So, One example of physical abuse. Um, I'd come home from school and, and, and uh, you smell immediately coming into the house smoke full of smoke in the house from him smoking. Now, he was a chimney smoker. He liked to smoke a lot of cigarettes. Yeah. And um, probably there's Madlock on the TV. And um, Madlock is a television show. Okay. Uh, and and uh, with that, probably a few hush, be quiet, I'm watching TV. Or with that comes, um, you know, go take a bath. And when you get out of the bath, you know, don't dry off. Here comes either an extension cord that's pretty long, 
a few whips, and then send you to bed. Eating you? Mm-hmm. No food? No. And then probably after a few hours, uh, if my mom found the strength to get it together, to say something about it, then she'd, she'd probably make, make some, some dinner or something and have it on the table for you. That's pretty heavy stuff, isn't it? Kid of nine years old getting beaten by a drunken father. For how long did that go on for, approximately? Uh, probably, I think it officially stopped when I was like 15, 14, 15. 15. Yeah. Ooh, it's five years. So how does, how does that kid who's getting the crap beaten out of him, to put it bluntly, come from that place on a journey that gets him to this place? I didn't, know, I didn't know this was where I was going. I understand that. So where did it begin for you? How did you get any hope? How did you survive? A coach by the name of Mike Myers, uh, um, actually a friend of mine, and we called him Pito, his name was Pedro Perdermo, invited me to a tryout at a school, middle school, and I wasn't good at all. Man. I didn't know nothing about basketball. When I got there, Mike Myers, who was the head coach, was there, and he saw this fairly slinky, long kid, and, and he said, you want to play basketball? And, yeah, I want to play. He said, okay, well, you rebound for me. You, know, you can play for me. There's room for you. And uh, he placed the basketball in my hand, and the following week after that, because he saw that I had no running shoes, you call it basketball shoes, he uh, placed some shoes in my hands as well. We put sneakers in my hand, but that's not what I used to practice with. I used to practice in church shoes, what I'm wearing right now. That's what I used to practice in. With dress socks and shorts. I'd be in shorts outside. Those are pretty shorts. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Small team, nobody major, you know. Nobody made you, just a small team. I asked him to dress up like a nine-year-old. Yeah. And the Harlem yeah. Globetrotters, that's prophetic. Yeah. Hey, look at that, ladies and gentlemen. Now. So, you're missing the basketball. Okay, so I'd be outside like this. This is pretty funny, right? <laughs> you know, working on my game. Oh, you worked on your game? Trying to. I thought you just said, Lord, please help me to be a basketball player, and he just... Woke you up, gave you a dream, spoke a prophetic word over you, well, and you woke up, I'm teasing you, and woke uh, up one morning and went, I'm the best, spin the ball uh, on your finger. Did you learn that? When did you learn that? Uh, that came later. <laughs> did that just happen just like that, or did you have to practice? No, I had to practice Oh, my word. Yeah. Everything, this is bad news. Everything has to be practiced. <laughs> oh, Lord, I was waiting for you to just come down and do it for me. Anybody getting a clue why you haven't seen the miracle yet? Hurry on. Please. So so he gave me the ball and some shoes, so I, I, I eventually got the right gear. Can I have those sneakers? Kiara, can you give me those shoes, please? So it was pretty cool because I got an opportunity to take some church shoes off, which has no grip. Yeah. You're sliding everywhere and probably can break your ankle, right? So now I have some decent shoes. Excuse the socks. <laughs> but um, and then after that, you know, I'm like, okay, this is cool, but this doesn't stop the abuse. It gives me some leeway because while I'm at practice, I don't get a chance to get in trouble. 
But then you have the sense of when you come home, what then? So I kind of got a hint where I can always go in front of the house. I wasn't allowed to leave the front door. So I figured out a way to grab a milk crate and a hammer. And I'd hammer out the bottom of the crate. And there was an old shack in the backyard. I'd take the, the hammer and start pulling out the nails. And I'd straighten them out and I'd hang it up on a tree. And so what that started doing was now people started coming around because there was a gold hanging up. Well, it looked like a gold to us. felt like it to us, right? So, so in the freeze moment, look around you, see what you've got that can be utilized towards reaching a goal and use it. I can't do it because I don't have a full net of, of, of international standard. But there's a peach box there, and with a bit of imagination, it could do the trick. That's what you did, right? Mm -hmm. You used what you had. Mm -hmm. Cool. Just, let's, let's go forward. So um, eventually I did get good, and, and I get to high school, and I try out for varsity, which will be senior team here, and I get cut. I thought that everything that I had learned from 9 to 14 was good enough and strong enough. But in, in the midst of all of that, I guess it wasn't. So I play on the JV team. So you, you, you got cut, meaning you failed and you, were, you yeah, didn't I failed, make it. Yeah, I didn't make it. So you're going to give up now? No. Why? I mean, I mean, you've been beaten. Your father's abused you. Nobody's for you. Why do you carry on? One of the things, I begin to love the game. Oh. And then two... If I don't have basketball, then I'm in trouble because that's my way out. Right. So I try out. You're desperate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pretty desperate. Yeah. Yeah, low place. Yeah, low place. So I try out, and uh, I make the JV team or the junior team. And in the States, they have, they have three teams. There's a ninth grade team, only ninth graders. Then there's a 10th and 11th grade team. And then there's a senior team or varsity team. With anywhere from ninth to 12, they can make that team if you're good enough. So I play on two teams at a school called Ferris, population maybe 3,000 people um, from high school. And then after that, I get a scholarship from the mayor, Brett Schumler. He sold into something that he thought was special. Somebody saw you because mm -hmm. you were practicing and, and you were playing. Mm -hmm. And then somebody else saw you who could encourage you and take you another step. Yeah. And that's kind of how it went. Mm-hmm. He didn't realize what he was really sewing into. Of course, I didn't either. But um, that was all good, and I got a chance to transfer to go to a Catholic school, which is a private school, parochial B, yeah. which is arguably the biggest respectable league in all of the states. I got a chance to play. but And then I made varsity as a 10th grader, or senior as a 10th grader, starting. And then um, I just remembered he said, if you rebound for me, and then I just would rebound. Some people would think it was just that with basketball, but it was more than that for me. I was rebounding back from the disasters of my life, things that was happening, because the, the, the greater I got on the court, the worse my life got off the court. Yeah. You know? Where was God in all of this? Were you aware of him? I don't think I was. I would talk to him, but I didn't know the sense of, 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 of what I was saying or what I was doing. I remember, and I, I, like I told you earlier this week, I remember telling God, if I remember correctly, looking at it now, God gave me exactly what I prayed for. You know, you have dreams of going to the NBA, but I don't remember, I don't remember praying, asking him to let me go to the NBA. I said, you know, okay, 
most success, successful people you see, they're always traveling. Yeah. So I want to travel. Yeah. Let me travel this world. Let me, you know, get away from where I am. And ultimately, he did that. So the time from nine years old to when you got into some kind of recognized basketball situation was how long? Or maybe when you got to the Globetrotters. We don't have time to go through the whole thing. I didn't start getting nationally recognized until my 11th grade year. So how old are you? What, 16 maybe? 16 so that's six, seven years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. From the time it all started. And then you began to see a career in front of you? No. I saw opportunity in front of me, not a career just yet. Opportunity meaning no one, my mom never graduated college. My father dropped out of high school. So I saw opportunity to, to, to change the atmosphere of right. And when did God break family. through for you? He broke through for me when I got the opportunity to go to college and it became real. And then after that, when I got a chance to play in the top 50 camp, we have the top 50 they call them the greatest players, but if they were so great, they would have been drafted. Yeah. The players who have not been drafted, they have a free agent camp for them in Orlando, Florida. So I got a chance to get invited, and they flew me down to that, and that's when it really started to become clear that it's going to be some type of opportunity for me to oh. go to the next level. So you couldn't see this far ahead. You just had to take one step at a time. Yeah, and I almost gave up plenty of times because I felt like, you know, it was so rough and it was so hard, but I felt like it was it was that it was worth that much to keep going because what if what if I don't hang in there? I'd so never if, see it through. Yeah, so if you hadn't gone basketball, what would have happened to you? Honestly? Yeah. It's what we do right here. I probably <laughs> I pro I I'd probably be end up in the streets, probably end up in jail, probably would have Ended up having some type of record because of because of me realizing the gift and everything God has invested in me, and because of my praying mother who really believed in pushing me to a place. I just wish that she would have removed the problem from the situation, whatever that. She wasn't able to. Yeah. Do that, right? Yeah. That ball for a minute. That's pretty cool, isn't it? So, does this look like a miracle? I mean, does this look like an act of God? Does this like, look, look like a career? Does this look like anything other than a thousand balls that you see kids bouncing around? And God can take something like this, put it in the hands of a man like this, give him some hope and some opportunities, and set his career and his life on a totally different plane. How many Harlem Globetrotters are sitting here today? I don't care whether you're 70, 80, or five years old. How many Harlem Globetrotters are inside, or whatever you like to call it? I'm not talking about basketball players. I'm talking about people who could stand up and excel in something, or people who could actually be used by God in something quite extraordinary. But you settled for something much less. It's never too late to say more. You can say something if you want. One of the things that I liked about the whole process was the closer I got to my miracle or to my blessing, um, as God took me higher and higher, the pressure rose even more. It's like the more you su uh, succeeded in one level, more problems came in another level. And it came to confuse and block your mind to make you feel like that you're not worthy or you're not able yeah. to go in that much further, which ultimately turned out to be a lie, right? 
But you also, you, you needed people around you to help you carry on, right? Yeah. You couldn't do it on your own. No, if Mike Myers, who's a police, he's a detective in Jersey City today, we talk about it all the time. Had he not stepped into my life when he did, I might be standing here saying I'm a member of a blood gang. Yeah. Or you wouldn't be gang. standing here. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, you, you know what I mean. The, yeah. the story could have easily been written differently, but Absolutely. for me, it was a cry, of, a, a, a desperate cry on the inside, wanting what was to come for me, not knowing what it was, just knowing that it was great. Right. That's cool. Have a seat. Who's, the, who, who's got a cry inside? See, some of us have even lost the cry. Some of us actually have even lost the cry. We don't, we don't even ask anymore. I speak over that in the name of Jesus if it's you and I break it. Because it's a lie and it's a falsehood. And I speak over your courage to let God break through for you. And I speak over you where there's unbelief and you say, it can't happen for me. That's a cool story for Lefty, but not for me. And I speak over that vanity in your life in the name of Jesus. And I call it vanity because you actually think that God is incapable of dealing with you. Cry out. See what happens. So I'd like all the young people to come up here. We're going to have some fun. Don't worry. This is intense, but it's not that bad. <laughs> the young people, come up here, please. I've got something for you to do. Quickly. And, and, and the old one, Grant, I need you up here. You two guys, too, because I need you to help, please. All right? Does everybody know what they asked God for when, they, when we said, ask God for something? Are you all asking Him for something? Yes? Pay attention. You don't ask, you don't get. Where are you, Grant? There he is. Can you go over the corner there and take somebody else? Chloe, you go too. Underneath white that sheet. Um, white sheet. Okay, you guys all come and... Actually, we'll do it here, all right? Let's move this back. No, no, bring, bring what's there here, please. You want me to unplug it? Yeah, that would be good, probably. I think I'm breaking it. All right. And we're going to um, open them and just pour them out over here, please. That opens from there. That's right. Just pour them out. Hand, no, hold them high and pour them out. Make a real racket. You know, just like you would at home, but you're not allowed to. There you go. All right. There we go. Okay, now I want your help. I want you to make sure that everybody in this room gets a tennis ball, please. So all the young people, go and give them away to people, please. Everybody's got to have one. Okay, you can throw some left if you want. Okay. Throw to people who are not going to get hurt. Okay. <laughs> you got one? No. No, no kids are throwing it. Just me. No Everybody kids. Go hand it to them. Everybody help. Got it? Go hand them to them. Go, don't keep them. Go hand them out. Go hand them out. Sure come on, come some. on. Go hand those out. Go give them out. You all got one? Go hand them out. <laughs> you got it? Go hand them out. Make sure everybody gets one. There you go. You got it? No, come on, Sam. You, you got one? You, you gave it already? Okay. okay everybody Help Emily, one. Sam. You all got them? Help Emily. Hand him some? If, Can I have uh, some? If you have any left over, let yeah. them bring them back here, please. You got it? Can I have some? Just put them in the... Just hand them out. Find out who doesn't have one and hand it to them, okay? 
Who have yet to get one? Raise your hand. If you do not have one. Raise your hand if you do not have a tennis ball. If, you, if there are any left over, bring them back, please. This is very important. Everyone has a tennis ball, correct? Yeah, you can see the coach coming out, eh? <laughs> That's sweet. Okay. Don't miss your opportunity for the supernatural moment. Okay. If you do not have a tennis ball, please raise your hand. Okay, here you go. Okay, everybody go back to your seat. If there are any extra tennis balls and you guys don't have one, yeah. please I raise your hand. I need to give four of those back, please. Thank you. <laughs> if you have multiple, send them up here. Okay, has everybody got a tennis ball? Yeah. Well, Hold on. I, so, yeah, I just want to make you sure... Go. Put it in here. One. Okay. You don't have one? Give him one? So no, keep one. Go back to your seat, please. Miles, you don't have one? No. You'll have one. Just okay, one. Okay, will you go back to your seat? So what is this about? This is a... We've done quite a few things like this here. If I said to you, how many of you believe that God created the world, you probably will put your hand up. And you would find yourself stating, I believe God can create the world, but he's not smart enough to speak to me. And I, can, I believe he can make order out of chaos, but he's not, he's not able to take a tennis ball and speak to me through a tennis ball. Even though he used a, a big ball. Have you got a tennis ball? Yeah, what I just gave it away. Well, then he has one. Here, there, 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 oh, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. You have a tennis ball at home. All right, these are special ones. So listen to this. You ask God for something. I'm, I'm harping on this because I'm used to people just tuning out. You ask God for something at the beginning, right? Yes? Just bounce that ball, please. What, happened, what, what is the thing about balls is that they, is they bounce. In other words, they come back. And sometimes we live in this world where all we do is bounce down. But what in, in the kingdom of God, what if, he, what if he bounces from the top and he bounces to you and back, I'm God? So when he bounces back, I say, oh, that's what they want. And I return an answer. What happens if God actually is interactive, as interactive as a ball? And that prayer is having a conversation, just like bouncing a ball. You say, he says, you say, he says, you say, he says. Trouble is, most of us just have, I say, I say, I say, I say. Oh, you mean he's speaking? I didn't hear him. I was too busy smacking down what I want. And so he didn't have a chance to actually respond. So I haven't heard from him in years. I believe in him, but he doesn't do anything in my life because he never has a chance. So this morning we said, what do you want? And that's bouncing up to God's throne. And because he loves you, he says, hey, here comes one. This is what I want. So, look on your ball. There's a letter. You see, there are things that you want, and there are also things that God wants. Name a letter. That's, who, who's got a letter? Just, sorry? L. Okay. Everybody got, who's got L, put your hand up. Okay, on these balls are letters of gifts of the Spirit. L is for love. Now, listen to this. God is going to release in your life the prayer that you asked Him for wrapped up in the gift of love. 
And He's telling you that He wants you to grow in love. Receiving His love, walking in His love, enjoying His love so that His love can throw through you because He also wants to love through you. So while you're asking Him for something, the chances are that as you actually get serious about receiving His love, that thing that you've asked for will be released. Another letter. Sorry? J. How many have got J? What do you think the Lord's releasing there? Joy. Joy. Now you say, my circumstances don't lead me to joy. And he says, that's why I've given it to you. Joy needs to be found in me. Joy is not about your circumstance. Joy is about your state of knowing that I care for you and I hold you in my hand in the midst of your circumstance. Joy is not conditional on what you do, who you are, or where you are. Joy is conditional on the fact that I have you in my hand. The Lord wants to release joy in you and make you a person of exceeding joy. Now don't say, I wish I I wanted that other tennis ball with something else on it because joy is not a problem for me. Begin to humble yourself and say, Lord, how do you see me? And he might say, I see you as funny, but I don't see you with joy. I see you as the comedian, but you have no joy in you. I see your superficiality, but I'm trying to release joy from the depth of your being. And I'm asking you to humble yourself and let my spirit trickle down deep into your spirit to release something that you don't know how to release. I'm the only one who can. So I'm just offering you joy. And it's beyond price. My son paid for it. These gifts are priceless. These gifts are offered in Egypt. They're offered through the banks with material possessions. Most of us have discovered they don't work. Another letter. S. What is S for? Self-control. Oh my word, I'd rather have joy. <laughs> How many of you have got self-control? On the... Not so many of you. Well, deal with it. Um, it's a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. You see, because God's actually saying to you, there's something that you may be struggling with that I can help you with. There's something that you're asking me for, but you need the self-control in order to receive that. So I'm not beating you up. I'm actually saying, I'll give it to you. Because as you learn how to control yourself, so you release His presence. We all need more self-control. But that is a gift. It's not about you working it. It's about Him giving it. And the gift that you asked Him for will be wrapped in the spiritual gift that he wants to release. Another one. P? PT or P plus, that's patience. How many have got patience? P plus. So, good news for you. God's releasing patience into you. He said, uh, I'll give you patience. Patience is a gift. Patience comes from trusting him with your future and your present. I promise you, all these things take us down roads of addictions and of destruction. Impatience destroys things. Impatience releases anger and frustration. And anger and frustration release anxiety. And anxiety sends you off to the doctor for medication. These things cartwheel down multiple roads and lanes. So when the Lord says to you through a little tennis ball and a letter on it, I'm going to release peace into your life, receive it. I mean patience. Receive it. Say, Lord, I want to know more patience. I want to be content in everything. 
because I trust you with my life. Amen? Be a little more joyful. This is really good news, by the way. Um, what's another letter? We're nearly finished. F, F, how many have got F? F is uh, faith. Faith is to believe. What, now you're going to say, this isn't perfectly what Paul wrote about the gifts of the Spirit, John. And I don't think Paul intended his seven to be the final list. I think he was just saying, this is what they look like. Faith will rise. Faith, faith, faith. Receive faith. There's something in your life that you're doubting or you're not believing for, and the Lord says to you, I want to release faith into you to believe for what you never thought possible. It's something about you, or it's something about your circumstance, or it's something about your family, or it's something about one of your children. And he says to you today, this morning, I want you to pick that up, and I want you to walk in faith and believe that I am faithful. If I can take a little black boy and raise him into a giant of a man and take him all around the world and end up in Port Alberni, there must be a God. And uh, God is faithful, and I wish he had made me a little taller, but never mind. It's nice being your height. And, if he, and he doesn't have favorites. He doesn't have favorites. So everything he's released for Lefty is available to every single one of us. you just got to put your hand out and bounce the ball that is yours. So you need faith, receive faith. And you'll receive what you're looking for. What else? One more, two more? C. What is C? Courage. C is courage in this little exercise. How many, how many had C? Right. You need courage. Courage to believe. Courage to walk in. Courage to face your fears. Whatever it is, you will know what God is speaking to you about. This is an incredibly playful exercise with enormous ramifications. That's a long word. Enormous uh, possibilities. If you actually believe it and take it seriously. Receive courage. How do you have courage? Keep company with the lion. Keep company with Aslan. Keep company with the one who is the lion of Judah. Trust him to protect you. Trust him to walk with you and see what happens. And I want to speak a word over this body as I want to speak a word over Parksville, and that is one of the things that's getting in the way of God working in us. And this came out in a variety of conversations, is that we take offense way too quickly. We shut down because we don't agree. We shut down because we don't like. We shut down because I don't like what you just said to me. And we actually are way, way too quick to take offense. God says to you and to me, if I took offense like you did, there would be no hope. So you can bring to me and park to me your complaints, but don't take offense. Cut people slack and forgive them and move on. Cool? It's very cool. One more. K. All right. Good for you. Thank you. K is kindness. How many have got K up? Well, I'm glad you got it. But what, <laughs> what did I get? I'm sitting here. Oh, love. Oh, yay, yay. Yes, Lord. Cheryl's smiling. Um, <laughs> K for kindness. These things go two ways, all right? God is not asking you to be kind. He's saying, receive from him his kindness for you, and kindness will flow out of you. The way that you, these gifts work is as you receive them, they flow out of you. So you ask him how that works for you, but you receive in order to release. You don't try and work it out. So kindness is something he's saying, I want to show you my kindness. I want you to be aware of my kindness. I want you every day to say thank you. Thank you for being your friend. Thank you for being present. Thank you for 
what you're doing even if you can't see the result. Thank you for my absolute commitment to you. You will find that if you practice receiving kindness, it'll change the way you, you walk. Because you will walk as somebody who is blessed, not somebody who is cursed. And those two look very different. One who feels cursed and who feels God is unkind to them is critical, is angry, is uncooperative, is negative, will never worship, will never participate, is always waiting for God to make amends. And that won't happen in this life. Father, bless kindness. One more. P is, we've had patience, so I guess it's peace. Peace beyond understanding. S was self-control. Peace beyond understanding. So if it's beyond understanding, what happens? You can't work it out. Peace becomes an attitude of the heart that is, is, that is a fruit of surrendering in a relationship with Jesus. It's keeping company with Him. If I was walking through the streets of Port Alberni with Lefty beside me, I'd have a sense of courage and peace. Because I figure you can take Him on. He's my friend right now. Now that's like Jesus, you see. When, when God the Father says, if you keep close to me, I will look after you. That's why I say to so many of us, stop fighting the devil. Let him fight the devil. So he fights the devil and I have fun. And he says, that's what you're meant to do because I'm your father and you're the kid and you look, I look after you. So you have fun and I'll fight the battles. Stop trying to fight the battles. You go out there, what's that, Dad? What's, I'm going to fight that. Where am I? I'm scared. Jesus, why did you leave me? And he says, I haven't left you. I'm right here. You're the one who walked away. His peace is found in His presence. Receive the gift of the Spirit. So guess what? If you don't have these gifts, if you're lacking them, take ownership and start saying, where have I wandered and where do I need to go back to? And you'll find it resolves very quickly. And you finally learn that apart from Him, I can do nothing. So God is releasing gifts into your life right now. And you can take this little tennis ball, and usually when we do these exercises, there are probably about 10 left behind on the seat. And I always get sad at that because I think somebody's poo-pooed this, and they're probably people who most need it. It's true. The people who most need these things are the ones that usually shut down to them. It's just the way it is. But I pray that there'll be breakthrough. And if you would normally throw this ball away, I pray that today God would speak and say, no, don't. Put it in your pocket and keep it. And work on this one. Receive this from me. And then bounce back what you asked me for and see what happens. Go ahead. I, I really believe that <clears throat> if we all activate what was released here this morning, that God would change the rules for us. There's some things that God want to do in us and through us, but we have to meet him halfway. And the moment we activate those things, I never knew people that, God would take a broken kid who'd been through so many things in his life and take him to 24 countries and do so many things that I've been afforded to do. And there's so many things in us. I don't care if you're the oldest or the youngest. If you're still here and you still have breath in your body, there are things that God has for us to do, and he's waiting for us to get into the game. 